Hi and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. On today's show, we're joined by Mike Kruko, the former Major League pitcher who joins Dwayne Kuyper each night on Giants telecasts. Mike won 124 games in a 14-season career in which he pitched over 2,000 innings. The first thing we asked Mike is to what can we attribute the Giants being the biggest surprise in MLB? His answer surprised us a little bit. Well, number one, they're catching the ball. Their defense has been really good. And anytime you have a, a defense that has been as consistent as the Giants, the benefactors are going to be the pitchers. And uh, and the reason for that is I mean, you, you are not afraid to put the ball play. I mean, look, a lot has been said about the strikeouts in this era of baseball. And I think to a large degree, pitchers think strikeout. They got there with the idea that they're going to try and strike everybody out. They no longer save the strikeout or strikeout situations runner at second nobody out runner at third less than two outs etc or just somebody that pissed you off by hitting a home run against you your previous at bat but basically guys are in the strikeout mode all the time i think you have to have a trust with your pitching staff with its defense and when that happens it allows guys to try and get quick outs outs that they put the ball in play yet and i think that has been one big um strength as to why the Giants pitching staff has been so good this year. They're not afraid to throw strikes. They're aggressive. They're ahead in the count. Um, So I do think that uh, the success of the pitchers and uh, the defense go hand in hand. So what impresses you in particular about the defense? Is it the skill or is it the positioning or is it a combo of everything? It's a combination of everything. And I think, too, they're playing good fundamental baseball. You know, they don't miss cutoffs. Um, They make an effort to hold runners on, uh, give catchers a chance to throw would-be base dealers out. I mean, all of the small things that uh, when you add them all up, they become a large thing, and it really is reflective in their in their defensive stats. We know about Buster Posey. That's that's kind of a no-brainer when it comes to defensive performance. But Casale caught, Casale caught five straight shutouts earlier this year. What does he bring to them as a backup catcher behind the plate? Well, a consistency with framing, a consistency with being able to control the rhythm of the pitcher. Those have long been two of the real dynamic strengths of Buster Posey. Buster Posey this year is is having a resurgence year uh, where he's swinging the bat really well, but what gets overlooked is how well he's catching and how well he's throwing the ball to second base. His legs are healthy, and uh, I mean, his unload times from the catching position to uh, throw out a, uh, a would-be base beater have all been consistently under two seconds, and that's extremely fast. That's about as good as he was last year. Kirk Sally has the same attributes. He's a very good framer. He's a good blocker. He runs the rhythm of an inning uh, regardless of what pitcher is out there. He doesn't rattle. I mean, there's been a number of times because of the complex sets of signals that are pretty apparent around baseball. We're seeing an, an abundance of, of cross-ups with runners in second base because of uh, the complexity of the of the signals that uh, catchers have to continue to do to try and keep would-be base dealers and, 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 and runners in second base from trying to steal signs of location. Kirk Casale has been crossed up more than anybody. He doesn't get rattled. So I, I use that as an example a pitcher can go out there, and if a catcher gets pissed off or if he gets rattled about certain things that happen out there, certainly, you know, crossing up your catcher with a runner second base would upset catchers. You never, ever see that from Casale. He's very, 
very even-tempered out there. And I think all of that is with the design that he wants to help his, his pitchers. He wants them to stay even-tempered. He doesn't want them to rattle mentally. And I think that is very much like what Posey has done his whole career. So I think the consistency between Posey and Casale has been an enormous help to everybody on that staff, especially guys from the bullpen. The other two positions at which the Giants have done well by the metrics, uh, shortstop is one. Again, we know Brandon Crawford, very good historically, very good uh, as even as he's aged uh, a bit. Dubon stepped in, filled in very well at shortstop as well. Um, what other positions have you seen the Giants be impressive at this year? Well, the corners with uh, Belt and uh, Evan Longoria. And to me, we've watched Gold Glove defense with those four guys uh, on the field. Of course, I guess you could say five guys on the infield. But uh, Longoria is playing third base as beautifully as, as he's ever played it. And uh, you can say the same thing about Brandon Belt. The thing about Belt, too, from a first base perspective, he's one of the best throwing first basemen in the league. So there's. There's just a, uh, a a great consistency with uh, with their glove work, with their throwing. I mean, they just they've just been consistently good, and uh, and all that rubs off on a pitching staff. One other glove thing: the pitchers actually have a strong defensive run save total for the Giants this season. And I went and watched, and there are a number of plays Gossman and Disclafani have made this season uh, where they had to come off the mound and really hustle to make a play. Uh, that I would figure that someone like you would have been impressed by. Yeah, you get back to the fundamentals, all the things you work out in training. Uh, but I do think that uh, Gosman and DiStefani and uh, and Alex Wood and Johnny Cueto, they're really consistently good at putting themselves in position after they throw the ball to field their position. And I think it all starts from there. The other thing, too, I mean, I, you know, we always talk about, but I, I, I believe the two indicators of baseball instinct are – jumps you get on base pass and jumps you get on defense and it's the same thing for a pitcher it's anticipating uh, a play before it happens and you know a lot of pitchers are so focused on and pigeonholed to you know how to get a hitter out uh, that oftentimes they don't preset a defensive play but i think that's a consistent thing within the uh, giants rotation that uh, these guys will will anticipate a play before it happens because when it does happen, their first step to space to cover, their first ba- step to, to back up a base, and with all these extreme defensive sets where you have half your infield pulled over to the right side, oftentimes that will include an assignment for a pitcher after the ball gets put into play to be responsible for covering third base. And for the most part, they've been very good at, uh, at handling all those situations. All right, let's transition to the mound. Um by the time this airs, Alex Wood may or may not have made a start Thursday against the, the Dodgers, but he's been ridiculously good this year, and he is a total pleasure to watch because he pitches quickly and he throws strikes at a very high rate. Why have the Giants been able to get so much out of him this season? Well, I mean, I, this this whole conversation is, is leading up to one thing that is uh, surrounding the aura that is in this organization right now, and that is... This is a great place to come to get fixed. If there are things uh, for a veteran pitcher that have gone awry in his career, it's a great place to get back on track. We've watched it last year with Drew Smiley and uh, and Anderson, uh, the lefty, and uh, and we're watching it again this year with Di Scafani and uh, and Alex Wood to a degree. I mean, they're coming in. They're uh, 
in control of their of the release point. There is no longer a sling across their body with an inconsistent release point. And because of that, it allows them to control their pitches on both sides of the plate. And this is what we've seen with Alex Wood. I mean, Alex Wood is a bit funky with his delivery, and he's got a, a, a hybrid breaking ball. I mean, it's, it's kind of got a slurve-type path, but it's quick. Most slurves are a little lazy, but his is not. And the other thing, too, about Alex Wood is his ability to pitch inside and outside with the breaking ball. And I don't know if anybody in the division is as good as, as Alex Wood in that regard. Um, he likes to work a quick pace, but he works a quick pace um, with all of his pitches. You know, there's never uh, an, a, a disruption in his rhythm, regardless of, uh, you know, whether he's in the wind up or the stretch with any of the pitches he's about to throw. And he's, you know, and he, he pounds the zone with everything he throws. Um, and he's confident. I think the other thing, too, is he, and he's the other guy who, who's a huge benefactor from the great defense. You mentioned uh, pitching pitchers coming to get fixed. Uh, that that I presume is a Andrew Bailey thing. That is may even go up to Brian Bannister, who heads the organization's uh, pitching development. What is that process like? Well, they go back in, and, and uh, you know they they compare uh, statistical information of what his they have video histories of what they did when they were throwing great during their career. They go back and analyze the uh, the arm slot. They analyze um, and measure um, spin rates and velocities. Uh, they feel that they can they can measure commitment to a pitch. They know when a when a when a pitcher is out there and is committing to a pitch, they can back that up with statistical information based on on extension in their in their uh, throwing delivery and uh, and the spin rate. And once uh, they have uh, established that. Then they would seek for a consistency with the arm slot to be able to maximize that consistency, um, which allows them more carry with the fastball. It allows them with a, uh, a sharper break to the breaking ball and, uh, and a, a more consistent ability to control both sides of the plate. You know, and once they spell it out in a way that these guys can, can apply it, then all of a sudden the confidence follows quickly. And uh, that's what we've seen. Um, you know, Anthony DiCaprano moved for some spring training. You know, I, I wasn't that impressed with him, but after about two weeks of him working with uh, the pitching coaches and, uh, and Brian Bannister, all of a sudden it was like, holy smokes, he's in a higher slot. He's getting big time sink off his fastball that I didn't even know he had. I kind of had him earmarked as a pretty straight fastball guy, and that's the farthest thing from, from what he is right now. And, and not only is he establishing big movement, but he's ability to to understand it and then apply it to certain swing types but that's invaluable that's how you get people out you exploit the hitters weaknesses and i think that's one thing that they all excel at two other pitchers i want to uh, bring up you mentioned fixed what did they do to go beyond fixing and turn kevin gossman into an ace well they recreated him i mean when he came over to the giants he was a four-pitch guy i mean he had the 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 split finger fastball but for the most part he he was trying to throw it in a perfect spot. What he now has is the ability to feel that he doesn't even have to locate it in a perfect spot to have it be a swing and miss type pitch. When he was a four-pitch pitcher when he first came over here, now, for the most part, he's a two-pitch pitcher because the fastball that goes from 94 to 98 miles per hour um, is complemented by a split that has the identical arm action and uh, and has uh, incredible um, 
difference in speed and the pitch performance, uh, it, it's, it's late breaking. It, it has sink to it. It's got a little tail. It runs away from lefties. It's a swing and miss pitch. It's devastating. So, uh, you know, they've redefined him. He's no longer a four-pitch guy. I mean, he still has him, but basically he's going at guys with, with a two-found confidence in, uh, in his fastball split combination. And how do you coach a, a, a submarine pitcher like a Tyler Rogers to get the results that they've gotten out of him this year? Well, I mean, you know, he paid his dues. I mean, I don't know if they really polished him up. Um, I mean, they've encouraged to throw the rising curveball a little bit more. And uh, whereas before he would throw it to lefties, now he's throwing it to righties. Um, but, you know, he's so unique. It was just a matter of him being able to get up here and just find his own confidence. Um and then, and then, of course, uh, you know, the way that they've managed him, they're not overusing him. Although, if you look at the stats, he's, it seems like he's been in just about every game. But they yep. do, they are very cognizant of his, uh, of his rest periods. I was watching the Wednesday night game against the Diamondbacks and the strikeout that he got in the ninth inning for the second out of the inning. I practically jumped out of my shoes at that one. Um, what, what is that, that, that pitch that he's throwing and, and how the heck does he do that? Well, it's actually a pretty good mistake. They set the target for Posey in the outside corner. They tried to wrap <laughs> that thing around, yep. and it wound up going right under his hands yep. for a wonderful mistake. But the pitch that he throws is just a curveball from the submarine position, and it is the only pitch in baseball that physicists will uh, will identify and say it actually does rise. I mean, we always feel that we see um, a, a rising fastball, and right now, you know, we just saw two examples of a pretty good uh Rising fastball, at least it gave you gave you the illusion of a of a rise, and those were the riding fastballs of Trevor Bauer and Walker Bueller. Um, but in you know, physicists will tell you that no, it's impossible. They actually do go down. But anyway, they, they, in the eye of the beholder, they look like they rise. Well, the one pitch that is an actual proven rising pitch is the curveball from a submarine guy, and that has become a pretty good weapon. For Tyler Rogers, and that's what he threw Kettle, uh, Kettle Marte last night to strike him out in that bases loaded one out situation. That was the biggest out of the game. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, is there an opponent, uh, an opposing pitcher this year, maybe not necessarily like a Bauer or a Bueller, but someone kind of under that level that you were particularly impressed by? Um, yeah, I, uh, Joe Musgrove. I thought he was, uh, he had some uniqueness to him. I, I, I like a lot of arms in the San Diego rotation. Um, you know, I like the rotation for the the Rockies. I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're a bit abused because of their environment, but I think their arms are good. I, I, you know, I like this guy last night, uh, Merrill Kelly. There's a lot of really good arms uh, in the National League West um, that uh, are really interesting and unusual uh, arm slots. I mean, I think the Padres lead the league, maybe lead the world in unusual arm slots throughout their staff. I've always thought that was intriguing taking a page out of the Tampa Bay book from last year. Uh, last question. Um, can you, as a pitching expert, give us uh, one thing to watch the rest of the season related to pitching, and it can apply to the Giants, it could apply to any team. Uh, what should the fan at home be uh, concerning themselves with as they watch the game the rest of the year? Well, I think the one thing that is interesting are all the different movements that a pitcher can put on the ball um in previous generations there were a lot of guys that they had they were sinker slider guys you know and basically that's all hard stuff it's a hard breaking ball and a fastball two types of movement 
not all pitchers even used a four seam or two seam fastball. They would more than often, uh, more than not, they would have a, uh, they would throw one type of, 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 of fastball. You watch pitchers now who come into the big leagues and, uh, and it's not uncommon to see guys with six types of movement, two types of fastball, uh, curveball, slider, uh, there's some throw like, you know, they'll throw a split in it. They'll throw a, a changeup. I mean, they've got six different types of movement. Now, not all these pitchers know how to apply it to certain types of swing types. But that's what I would watch if I was a fan. I would watch the number of different movements that a guy can put on a ball and how he attempts to try to apply those movement to swing types. You know, the old saying in baseball is, you know, a long-arm swinger, you pitch in. A short-arm swinger, you pitch away. Tall guys, you pitch up. Short guys, you pitch down. And, you know, there are certain types of movement that complement those types of swings. And uh, and there are certain types of movements that are very difficult for those types of swings to do anything with. And I think that's the puzzle. And I think if you're a challenged baseball fan, you would say, what kind of movement is he? You know, you could tell. You don't have to be a baseball expert or a long-time season scout to see a guy's got short arms at the plate. Well... He's built for the inside pitch. How is the guy going to try and get him out? What type of movement is he going to try and apply to that type of uh, body type, the, the short arm swinger? Likewise, you get a guy like Yelich, uh, uh, who's, who's a long arm guy. How are they going to try and get that ball inside to him? How are they going to put movement to try and take advantage of the length of the swing? How are they going to stay away from the kill zone, which is middle of the way? And I think those are things that are, are quite interesting. Plenty to watch the rest of the season. Mike Kruko, TV voice of the San Francisco Giants. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Anytime. This wraps up the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. For Mike Kruko and our producer Justin Stein, I'm Mark Simon. Stay safe and stay well, and thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.